Hello everybody and welcome to In My Mug, episode 160. 160. I can't actually wait for episode 180, that won't be quite cool. Um, going off topic. Um, welcome, a different environment. I'm at Waterloo Gardens Tea House, which is based in Cardiff. Um, I'll put a link on the In My Mug somewhere so you can come find here. Um, and I'm going to be having a special guest in this seat in a moment. Um, but before I do that, I'm going to talk about the coffee that we're going to be doing this week. So, the coffee that we're going to be doing is a Sumatra Tekingon uh, Gayon Mountains. Um, it's a fully washed coffee. I'm going to use inverted comment, fully washed, which I'll explain in a moment. Um, from the northwestern part of Sumatra, near to Lake uh, Tawar, which is, I guess, in the northwest, near to the Manhealing region. Um, of Sumatra, uh, which I learned something interesting about Manhealing actually when I was uh, researching this coffee. Um, Manhealing used to be uh, a coffee growing area and you would see a lot of coffee that was labelled with that. Um, but what, we, uh, what happened was Sumatra um, climate change, cities expanding out meant that um, it didn't, coffee wasn't grown there so much, but the name has still stayed, and this is really kind of used for coffees which are outside of Manhealing, but in the northwest of the country. So a little interesting tidbit in there. Um, the fully washed part that I was talking about was something that was highlighted to me yesterday by a rival exporter, uh, importer, sorry, um, who also imports Indonesian coffee, saying that this wasn't a fully washed coffee. I'm going to take you through the process of what happens to this coffee to process it and you can make up your own mind. For me, it fits the fully washed kind of profile as I would expect it to be done in, but I can also understand what he's saying. So the coffee's picked during the day and it's picked by small growers. There'll be up to 300 people involved in this lot of coffee um, that, that we're tasting here. So it's not from one producer, it's from many um, and maybe even more than 300. Um, and what they'll do, they'll pick the cherries that day, they'll pulp them, and then they'll submerge them in water. So they'll put them in a bucket or in a tank or in some kind of way that they've got these things together and they'll leave them overnight. So they haven't got, like the day's pickings, they haven't got time to dry them. And also you don't want to be drying them straight after because of the, the, the weather and things. So they'll leave them in water. But they, this rival importer was saying they're not fermenting because you put coffee beans in water with the muesli, they'll start the fermentation process. The next morning, they take them off and they'll use concrete patios or raised beds to dry them. So the mucilage has been kind of taken off a little bit. When they take them off, they'll prepare the green bean and take some more of the mucilage off. So there's still mucilage on it, so it hasn't fully fermented. And this was his argument. And then they'll put them on these beds, dry them out, and then they will uh, take the parchment off, send them off to the mill, bag them up, work together as a co-op and get them out to us. Now, that isn't put natural to me because they're using submersion of water, but it's also not fully washed because it's not fully fermenting off the mucilage of the seed. So you call it what you like. When I cooked this coffee, for me, it tasted like the best washed Sumatran I've ever tasted. It was super clean. It was super transparent with all the great parts of what a Sumatra is. I'm, I'm not going to spoil too much of that because I'm going to get Kazin in a moment and we're going to taste the coffee together. And that's going to be 
uh, the time we'll talk about the flavours and things. But for me, on the cupping table, it tasted like washed. The information from the exporter was that it was washed. Um, but yeah, anyway. So, um, I'm going to whack you on pause. I'm going to get some other wonderful people to make me some coffee today so I don't have to do it. And we're also going to pair a tea with the coffee. In my mug subscribers will notice that they have an extra little sachet in their packs this week. Kaz has very kindly uh, given us these samples of these teas to pair with it so we can do this experiment together. And this is kind of like my version of the four days of Christmas instead of the 12 days. All over Christmas we're going to be doing, all over December, we're going to be doing special little things in the In My Mugs just for subscribers. So for instance next week's coffee only subscribers can get and I think you're going to love it and I think it's going to be a real retro kind of going back in time kind of uh, coffee that I think you really want to be involved in so if you're not a subscriber now is the perfect time to subscribe because you're going to get some nice freebie type exciting things but enough of that I'm going to wrap you on pause we're going to make some coffee and I'll be back in just a moment so I'm back I'm not back alone. Um, this is Kaz. Kaz owns Waterloo Tea and has been here for three years in about a week's time. Wow. Yeah. Just like that. So let's dive into espresso before it goes cold because, um, yeah, I'm always dead nervous about cold espresso. So um, straight in. Now, this coffee for me. It's the perfect espresso coffee because, as I talked about with this washed kind of taste that was going on there, it's super clean, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you know, for a Sumatran, Sumatrans tend to be a bit baggy and a bit duty and a bit dirty and a bit kind of grungy, you know, which has its place for sure and can work really well in milk. But this, this has all of the positive aspects of the body. I get a massive mouthfeel from it. Hint of leather? Yeah, I, I kind of get this leather all yeah, the time. I, with it. I love it. You know, I've uh, tried a few Sumatrans before, and uh, I've never really been impressed with them. And then when I tried this, and there's a few people who've tried this coffee with me, people you know who know about coffee, and we've all been amazed. You know, we had Sumatran coffee, we never had big expectations of it, and when this came along, we were like, "Wow, we get it." You know, uh, completely out of the blue, this one came too, and it was. Um, the exporter that we got the Rwandan from, that we talked about the Rwandan last one, the one before, recently anyway, is from the same importer. And I was gobsmacked. Like, we've rejected everything they've ever sent us, and, and then we had two in the same sample set come through. Very different coffees. This is like getting a leather coat and sucking on a leather coat. There's a little bit of spice on the back end as well, which I love in a Sumatra. And that kind of like kind of like, like five spicy kind of cinnamon, mm. bit of spice on the back end. But for me, a clean espresso, mm. uh, and, I, and I really like it. But this, in the cappuccino, is where it comes into its own again, because you, well, I'm gonna drink it first. I know what's coming, I know what's coming. <laughs> and now that's eight ounces. Yeah, yeah. Eight ounces, single shot in there. Mm -hmm. Single yeah. shot, yeah? Yeah, single shot. But you can still taste the coffee coming through. But that's the thing, I mean, like a lot of the espressos we try, they often get disguised by the milk, and yeah. from a cafe point of view, uh, a lot of our coffees are cappuccinos and lattes. So it's, uh, and this week, we've been running it all week, and people, 
can taste the coffee coming through and they can find the notes that it's meant to have and it's not just milk. So it's uh, in cappuccinos or lattes, it's this American coffee, it's just winning and people are raving about it, you know, it's... <laughs> That's the God, you know, we were, uh, we've been really like amazed and more so than any other week, we change our coffees every week and this week people have been saying, wow, your coffee is bang on, because it's mainly milk coffee that you said. I think so. you do, you also, you do a lot of blends normally as well, you say so you yeah. normally have a blend in, kind of, is it, is that a is single origin, would you do often or? Um, we'll probably have a blend twice and a single origin once, so one out of three times. Cool. Yeah. So, now yeah, really cool, and, and this, uh, for me, like single origin wise, I think you tend to lose things in cappuccinos because you've got very one dimensional taste in there. But this is clean and it has the body and it's got that kind of whole uh, interesting kind of set of flavours going on. It really on. gives you a kick, you know. Normally, I, um, I normally have a double shot in this size and uh, I drink, you know, about four of those in a day. With these, I just need about two. You can feel like, you know... And we were talking about this earlier. Indonesian coffees, in general, seem to have more caffeine in for me, and I agree. This is, this is a one not to have before bedtime, maybe. Yeah. This is maybe one for the morning or, or, or mid-afternoon um, to kind of pick you up again. But Indonesian coffees tend to have a lot of, a lot of caffeine in them. Um, so, Waterloo, Waterloo Gardens Tea Room. Um, how will people find you? You got a website? Yeah, waterlootea.com link coming up somewhere on the screen um, so uh, and that's got your location on how they can find you it is not where you'd expect it to be it's not in the middle of cardiff it's on a it's kind of in a house in the state <laughs> come on that uh, it's in a uh, how would i describe it uh, a leafy suburb a leafy <laughs> suburb and it's in a, a row of shops which kind of there's a you know i don't think it, nat it naturally kind of looks like where you have it yeah. but this place is rammed like it is so full. Yeah. Every I've been, this is my second time being here, and the first time we had to have a reserved table over there because otherwise we wouldn't have got in. Yeah. And then today I've come in and like I sat at this bar because this was the only seat in the house. And I'm going to show you a picture on the screen now of the whole place. It's not a small place. So so mm. why are people coming? What what's Ooh, why are you different to anywhere else? Um, I think our location because it's not on a high street. It's it's worked in our favour. We've been able to do something different. Um, I always find on a high street you have to conform, you have to be the place where people just popping in, you've got to give them what they expect and what they normally expect from a high street. But with us we've set out right from the beginning to be a tea house, so that's what we did. And to complement that, we also wanted to serve the best coffee that you can get hands on, you know, so we invested in good kit, good machines, surrounded ourselves with good people. Um, and the interesting thing with, with, with the coffee that Kaz does, because he won't blow his own trumpet, but he, you kind of have an awful, you have lots of different coffees coming in. So it won't just be has-been in here, you'll come here and you'll find uh, other roasters that are, that are on there as well. And not being kind of married to it, just kind of enjoying what's good at the moment and taking that in. And I think that's, it's, and that's an exciting approach to bringing coffee in. And it's just as important the coffee's great as the tea. Yeah. And I've been in lots of tea houses where they do coffee, but it's kind of like an afterthought. And I've been in lots of coffee places that the tea's an afterthought, mm. whereas this is about actually both the importance to get yeah, right. I think, like the same with you, you know, like whenever you go to a place, you always end up getting judged on your worst product. Um, so we have to make sure all the products are, you know, reasonably good. Uh, reasonably good. <laughs> <laughs> nice understanding there. But no, I mean, this is great. So, I mean, what, 
I challenged Kaz to do was to take this coffee, and you had this a couple of weeks ago, three, four weeks yeah, ago? Yeah, that's right, yeah. And was to pair a tea to it. So, what are we pairing with it? Tricky assignment, you know, coffee's quite strong, tea's quite delicate, so, um, but uh, we tried out the tea, Dale sent it down a few weeks ago, and um, it was a really good challenge, you know, we didn't want to cop out, so we didn't want to say, okay, in my mug subscribers, here you go, here's, our, here's my favourite tea, drink this, um, so we didn't want to do that. We didn't want to um, give you a tea which you would drink as an aperitif, so, uh, you know, opens up your palate, gets you ready for the real big bang. We treat it a bit like wine and food, so we do a lot of tea pairing with foods, um, and we wanted to do the same with coffee, so something robust enough to work with this, something where we could have a sip of this and a sip of the coffee and go back and forth. Um, so that's, that was our aim right at the beginning. Um, we ended up choosing the tea which you will have in your parcels that have arrived, um, going for an oolong tea. Um, so the Wuyi oolong. This and is I'm a bit of an oolong convert since we've been having your teas, because yeah. before I, like, I very black tea, like all the time I'd be looking for some kind of breakfasty kind of, you know, just because I didn't know what I was looking for and that was safe. Whereas the oolongs are kind of, they're the most distinct flavours for me. Like in tea you get a very kind of, it's very perfumey and very floral and yeah. like very intense flavours, would that be? Yeah, I think it's the whole thing. And I'm rubbish at tea, so I'm not <laughs> just say no, you idiot, sure. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's a lot to do with the processing, and coffee people generally love oolongs. You know, if you had to say, what tea would you send to a coffee lover, it would, it would be an oolong. I think there's reasons behind it. Um, maybe I should just talk about what happens to oolongs once they're picked. So, um, every tea gets picked from the bush. Um, with what happens with this oolong is it's picked on a bush, uh, it's laid out to wither, so some of the moisture gets lost in the air. Um, you may find that these processes happen a bit in coffee, so there's a lot of overlap in between it. So it gets withered. Would, would that just be on the floor, or would that be on a drying patio? Or would on the floor, on yeah. The, so they pick it just straight on the floor? Exactly, yeah. Right. yeah. Sometimes it's outside, sometimes it's inside, depending on the weather conditions. Okay. You want to lose a bit of moisture, and the reason why you want to do that is um, you want to make the, the leaf pliable. So if you pick the leaf off the tree straight away and you try to work it in your hands, you'd probably snap in half and you'd be quite sappy on your hands. If you let it dry for a couple of hours, you'd probably have to roll it quite nicely. So it's withered. Um, with this, with oolongs are semi-oxidized, so black teas are fully oxidized, green teas are not oxidized at all. Okay. Um, so they want this to oxidize, and so just with the oxygen in the air, they'll they'll. Uh, they'll encourage a bit of bruising to happen, so on, in bamboo baskets, they'll press it against a basket. Just to open up some of the enzymes, they'll start reacting with the oxygen in the air, it starts turning black. Easiest way to think about it is when you slice an apple in half. If, you, if I left it out on the table, after about half an hour, an hour, it would turn black. So that's oxidation happening um, with the enzymes involved. So this tea has been oxidized, it's been withered, it's been oxidized, um, then you want to fix it, so uh, fixing in tea is what they refer to as de-enzyme in tea, so you apply high heat, you want to kill that enzyme off to stop, stop the oxidation process. They fire the tea when it's reached the desired oxidation, so you know with some oolongs like Iron Goddess of Mercy, oxidized about 60%, yep. some are oxidized 30%, black tea is oxidized about 95%. This is about 70 to 80 percent, so, so it's fairly full on then. For yeah, and it gives you that, which is one of the reasons why we paired it up with this coffee. It's got a lot of body, it's quite robust. Um, 
you apply a high heat to deenzyme it, so you want to say, okay, that's as much oxidation as I want, I'm going to stop it there. Now, the thing about oolongs, which is different, and which probably why you like it, is there's, uh, there's a lot of rolling and there's a lot of baking, a lot of heating that goes on after that. So two or three times what happens is they roll it, so they get a big cotton sheet out, they put the tea in there, they'll tie it up at the top, and they'll roll it around. So they send in a machine that goes round and round. It kills the leaf around, um, so it's not a flat leaf. You can see it's twisted and curled. And I'm going to show you a picture on the screen now of this so you can okay. see this because now, unfortunately some people won't have subscribed and will miss out on the tea, but they can buy some website. <laughs> um, so and, yeah. um, and they apply heat, so two or three times after that, they keep on applying heat. And what that heat is doing is getting rid of the rest of the moisture in, in, in the tea. So you never want a tea to come into you wet because it's going to get all fungus and stuff on that. That repeated baking process gets rid of any bitterness that you're ever going to get with tea with the oolong teas and um, it's bagged up and sent to you so that's the process and with this uh, yeah. so we're going to try it. I hope you're trying it as well and kind of I've got a I've saved a little bit of cold espresso to kind yeah. of to go backwards and forwards with so, so it's the, uh, the smell is really nice when you first come to this tea now you saying about the roasting like the, the, this kind of like the, the roasting of it and this yeah. does have a roasty kind of smell yeah. to it and the colour is much more intense than the other oolongs I've seen, much yeah. kind of browner and yeah. yeah. But this is yet yeah, slightly different. So when I talk about the oolong processing, this woo oolong is slightly different because right at the end what they do is they slightly toast it, which means they apply a heat that you would norm a higher heat than you would normally apply. And it gives it that toasty feel as well. Um, a mm. crisp note to it. Definitely. And those like, the, like, for instance, I mean, you mentioned this already, the Iron Getters Goddess of Mercy one. That is much more fruity and cleaner than, than this one. And this one does have that kind of a, a bigger body and a bigger presence. Than, yeah, and, and there's lots of, like, sesame coming through and lots mm. of raisins coming through. And, uh, I like sesame. That's yeah. a good descriptor. Yeah. I'm going to steal that. I said, okay, can I, can I steal that? Oh, go on, then. <laughs> and um, it's got a toasted feel to it. Um, mm. Sometimes get a bit of tobacco coming through this, but I, yeah. I thought it paired up with the uh, with the Sumatra a bit because I was getting lots of tobacco. Sometimes I kind of more than tobacco. I kind of get a, like a little bit of a cigar leaf, kind yeah, of. Yeah, you know? yeah. And again, I don't know if that's that toastiness as well, yeah. but that really works. And I found that I have a sip of that. Go to this. Have a sip of that. And the most important thing was going back to the tea and whether it would still cut through the espresso, cut through the coffee, and it does. And it's a really good feel, like we paired it up with the uh, AeroPress version on this uh, on the Sumatran. It worked wonderfully and we thought, mm, God, it's not going to work with the espresso. And we tried it with the espresso and it works, you know, it's, it's not disguised in the coffee. It's, it's the coffee's really... still there, I'm still, but it's like, it, it's like completely washed away, yeah. like the, 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 the mouth feel of it. And it's, yeah. it, it, it works well, it ties in. I'm impressed. <laughs> No, I really am. I mean, and, and we've been working with Kaz now for it's about four or five months with the teas on the site, and uh, we we always had teas before, but it never really felt as if our tea offering matched our coffee offering. Um, and it's really nice now that I think that we you know it, it, it's so stepped up. And thank you very much, you know, for, for helping us with that because I think it really has, um, you know. And if you haven't seen our teas, you should really go look at them. We've got a really cool selection now. Um, and, and that's, that's to Kaz and his wonderful team here. So, um, 
Thank you very much for coming yeah, on, mate. Right, I really yeah, appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me down. And um, yes, okay. so four days of Christmas. Today is the first day. You've got tea. What's next week's going to be? Oh, I've already said what next week's going to be. Haven't I? It's going to be something that you can only get if you're an In My Mug subscriber. So you should subscribe up now. Um, on the site, we've got some really interesting things for Christmas as well. We've got a, a great double pack that you're going to want to have. So go and have a look on there. And um, shut up. Life is too short <laughs> for bad coffee. And bad tea. <laughs> so I haven't said enough, apparently. We're back. Um, and we, I just suddenly thought of something that, because he didn't say it on the little packs. And on the packs, brewing advice. So you, you said 95 degrees is the brewing advice for the tea, yeah? How long should you infuse for? We would normally brew for about three minutes, um, but like the trick with tea is you want to extract as much as you can without bitterness. Yeah. With oolongs, generally you don't get bitterness. Um, but the lovely thing about this oolong is that you can reinfuse it. So um, I would I would normally brew it for about if it's a full immersion brew, so if the leaf is in contact with the water a fair amount, yeah. um, three minutes will do the trick. Then you can reinfuse it afterwards, and that's because when we were talking about the oolong being uh, wrapped up in a cotton sheet and rolled around. As you add water, it opens up, but as you re-infuse it, it's still opening up, so you've still got some aromatic oil still in there to be come out and some more flavours to come out, so the thing that oolongs are famed for are re-infusing. So I think the thing I love about tea as well is that every time you re-infuse, you get something different. So your first one will be very intense and very kind of like, kind of like a whiskey. Yeah. And then you'll go back the next time and it's a little bit more like a beer because it's, it's, it, you, you get more flavours. It's not an intense, it's not actually a better descriptor is like an espresso mm -hmm. than having a brewed coffee. Yeah. Because all of a sudden those flavours that were closed because it was so intense show themselves through. Yeah, and a, a lot of people, like with this one, even myself, you know, sometimes the first infusion, I'll, often you'll wash it. So you'll pour water into it and discard it and then start brewing it. Okay. Or you can have the first infusion for about like three minutes. The second infusion is often shorter because the leaves all open, so it's more surface area. Just makes it really fantastic value for money. So when I go home at the end of a shift, I'll have five grams of tea and it'll last me all evening, and I'll have like you know five or six cups out of it. So and you would you would do as many as five brews from it? Yeah, yeah, quite easily. And it's not like the thing you're talking about. How do you make money in tea? That sucks. Uh, we tell I, I, I wouldn't that you get to it. We tell people to throw it away. <laughs> but um, and it's not like um, it doesn't just get weaker every time you brew it. Like you're saying, you get different flavor characteristics coming through. So I, I can't again go back to the whiskey thing, but like when you add water to whiskey. People will say it opens it up and it develops the flavours, and I guess that's what's happening with the dilution of the tea is that you just you see those flavours much clearer and yeah yeah definitely so so yeah that's one thing to try so try any any them. any suggestions for grams per liter so if somebody's doing this for the first time because they may not be tea people how many grams of tea should they use to how much water should they mm -hmm. infuse there's like if you're going to taste the tea is different to ha as if you're going to drink the tea at home so normally we would say if you're going to drink it at home. 0.9 grams per 100 ml, but just call it one gram, so uh, it doesn't have to be confusing. One gram per 100 ml, so if you've got a teapot that's half a litre, throw in five grams and let it brew. Um, but you can play around with it, you know, you can uh, increase oolongs, you've got a lot of room for movement. There's, there's no defined taste that you should get, you know, there's uh, uh, different times you can brew it for, so different, le different lengths of infusion. Um, so it's, yeah, we would say 95 degrees, three minutes. 
second infusion, go down to two minutes, and then carry on with however you see fit, however strong you like it. You should not get bitterness out of any of the infusions, so yeah. Awesome. With a gift that keeps giving. <laughs> <laughs> but this time we are going. So life is still too short for bad tea and bad coffee. <laughs>